This podcast is sponsored by Canaan Valley Spa and Wellness Center in Davis, West Virginia, a new destination in Canaan Valley. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Take 3 of Exceptional Parents Extraordinary Challenges podcast. We intentionally got ourselves a tongue twister so that just to make sure we're on our game even to start this thing. And I, I know that once I get the title out, the rest of the podcast will be great. Good morning, Angie, and welcome. Good morning, Dave. We're back on our normal schedule. Everyone's back in town. And while I was walking the dog in the remnants of this tropical storm here, feeling like a complete idiot because I didn't take an umbrella, I I had a, I knew what I want to talk about today. And this is great because we never know. We just always nope. surprise each other. <laughs> yep. I have no idea what's coming. I want to talk about two qualities that seem to be at odds with each other. And in my own experience, very recently have shown themselves to come from the same source. And those are power and love. Okay. And as it relates to parenting in the context of what we're doing, power and love. So normally, and I'm using the word power, even though it's probably a charged word, there's probably a more, a more Mm -hmm. benign word we can use, but I'm intentionally taking something that has connotations of control and superiority and hierarchy and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So as parents, and I can especially speak to this, I feel a lot of times like I've got to vacillate between, okay, I got to set boundaries. Am I going to be the good cop or the bad cop? Can I be the loving dad or do I got to armor up and just Mm -hmm. be the hold it regardless of how I feel? And as Angie knows, I might have mentioned before I can't remember the last podcast, I've actually started communicating with my daughter for the first time in in quite a while. And Angie has always has empowered me and really had me sit in my own power to do that. And I found myself with her feeling like I was at the intersection of love and power. It wasn't like I had to toggled back and forth between the two of those things and starting to see the singularity between those two. And as parents, we often feel conflicted. Like we got to put the bad cop, the good cat, but bad cop, good cap. Yeah. That guy, (laughs) (laughs) that cop, the different cops on different hats on. And so first of all, I just want everyone to sink in and feel that. Oh yeah. I feel like I, I, my choices are to love my child and be able to be loving towards my child or to be kind of the holding the boundaries, the firm one, and having to stifle my natural inclinations to just be a loving person. And there's a couple of things that trigger this, and really it's our last two podcasts. And two two weeks ago, we talked about especially vulnerability for fathers, mm-hmm. that looks like, and that we feel as fathers that if we take down our power, if we take, if we let go of our power, everything's going to go to hell. And that actually, as we, we teased out, I think very beautifully in that session, that, in that podcast, that they're really one thing. That the vulnerability, in the, the vulnerability, you find both your love and your power. I thought, oh, that's cool. There's an intersection point. And then last week with you and Diane being on with two very powerful and loving human beings who happen to be women, I thought, wow, you are really empowering people with this, with the program that you guys are doing in a few weeks and that you are bringing people to that and that, and that you are one more point and then I'm going to toss it over to you before I get too far off into different things. So just to recap. We want to we want to break down the barrier between power and love. That this, the illusion that those two things are different. We want to find the singularity. And I think all through our podcast, we've been talking about that and we've been pointing to what that looks like. So that's what we're mm-hmm. doing. And that we two weeks ago we talked about vulnerability, especially male parental vulnerability in terms of fathers, and how that vulnerable actually opens up the door to both. And now you're doing this program in a couple of weeks. This beautiful program where you are going to be 
empowering people in a very different way. And so I just want, first of all, to to just toss it over to you in terms of the non-duality or the non-difference between those two, and specifically how you are bringing that out, how you bring that out into the world in different ways, and particularly this opportunity that people have, because I can just feel when I was with you guys, with both you women last week, I could just feel both the, your power and your love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, thank you for that. And Diane Costa is definitely a guest that we'll have back on. There's a part two to her story. So she will be joining us again. I like today's topic. I'm excited to dive into this a little bit. Power and love. No, they are not opposites of each other. And one does not have to be out of the equation in order for the other one to step in. They are very much the same thing. When the When there's a problem is when we derive our power from control. That's when we run into Mm. an issue. And I think that's parenting, but I also think that's humans. When we feel like we have to be in control in order to have power, then we're coming from fear. So now we're three layers deep on power, control, fear. We're three layers deep. And I have a very dear friend who I worked with a long time ago who always said to me, if you're making decisions from fear, you're going to be wrong most of the time. And that has proven itself to be true in my life and my business and everything that I do. And so I always go, what's under that? What's under that? What's under that? What's under that? To try to get to the actual root of what is motivating this choice that I'm making or what is motivating this feeling that I have, especially if it's a feeling of confusion or an emotion that's charged, that's a little bit hard to deal with. I try to go under that and under that and see what's there. And about 99.99999% of the time, it's fear. It's fear of something. It's fear of not being in control or it's fear of loss or it's fear for another person or fear for your business or fear for your partner, fear for yourself. There's all that fear. So I think that it's really important to understand that if power is something that you only feel when you're in control of a situation, that's a red flag. And it's time to, Mm -hmm. to reflect on where you're at, what you're feeling, and how can you do it differently? Before I go any further, I'm just going to toss that one back to you and get your thoughts on that, Dave. There's something I quote my father who said that the energy that goes into a thing becomes the thing itself, which is another way of saying that when I, being a kind of a driven human being, a type A driven kind of goal-oriented human being, that I just felt the, the, the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. You suffer now and then you'll get mm-hmm. your reward later. And all I've ever found through that is just more fear, more fear. When I'm coming from fear, when I'm coming from scarcity, coming from lack, coming from inadequacy and not mm-hmm. enoughness, no matter what I, first of all, it generally doesn't work out as well, even from a third dimensional standpoint, is <laughs> when I'm coming from ease and love and collaboration. Yeah. But even when you get the fruits of that, because <laughs> our landscape is littered with people who have applied that and gotten third dimensional or, you know, financial success or fame, yeah. there's a, it doesn't feed, it doesn't satisfy the hunger that drove us to do that. So now we're talking about getting back into getting back into the source of that love, that ease, that lack of fear. And so I'll, I'll throw it back to you is how you find yourself in fear. You find yourself, mm-hmm. okay, I'm walking the dogs today. It's pouring rain. I'm thinking, what an idiot. I didn't bring, a, I didn't bring an umbrella. What do you think? <laughs> Did you see the weather forecast today? <laughs> you happen to go out in the 30 seconds where it wasn't raining. And the neighbors are looking at me like I'm nuts, which they already know that I am. And the dogs are looking at me like, get me out of this thing. And I could just sit there and freak out 
And instead, I just, I texted Julie. I said, you wish you could see your husband right now. I'm just like something out of a movie. Yeah. So I could just worry about how I looked or worried about what a dumb guy I was to do it. Mm-hmm. Or I can actually shift, energetically shift in a moment. I wasn't any less wet and the dogs weren't any less mad at me. But my experience of it and what I'm bringing out into the world now in this moment with you and our listener. So I'll throw it back to you. When you find yourself in fear, it's like when you go to a party and you're nervous and someone says relax, and that's like the last thing you need to hear. Now I got to force myself to relax. Yeah. So you find yourself frightened and you know Mm -hmm. it's not going to do well. You can't make the fear. You can't just, that's why, that's how we get drug addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. What do you do when when you find yourself, you're in fear, you don't want to be there. And at the same time, you don't have a switch. You can just turn to come from somewhere different. I think there are a couple of things and a lot of it depends on the situation that you're in. The situation you were in this morning, what you did is you fell into the fear and you turned on your senses and you felt that rain. And I know what that felt like because I was out with my chickens during the same rainstorm this morning because that <laughs> that tropical storm is coming right up through the mountains of West Virginia. So we're getting it as well. And so it, it you turned on your senses. You opened up your receivers, your receptors in your brain and in your energy field. And you felt that rain on you. And you realized that rain was not hurtful. It's just wet. It's just wet. How many times have you been at the beach or at a pool and it starts raining and everybody jumps out of the pool and runs somewhere to get dry? And it's like, you were just in a huge (laughs) body of water and it started to rain and you ran somewhere to get dry. That's a belief system that has been created in our society for hundreds of years of get in out of the rain. You've heard the saying, a chicken has a brain the size of a pea, but it knows to get out of the rain. So getting out of the rain is something that we are trained we're supposed to do. But the reality is that rain is incredibly cleansing and beautiful. And there are times that it's 35 degrees and raining and it's miserable because it's cold, but it's still just water, you know, and I'm just using that as an example because that really is the process with fear. You have to feel into the fear. You have to recognize that the fear is there and know that it's okay to feel that fear. Use the example of being at a party and, oh my gosh, that social anxiety that comes up. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Here I am. This is happening. And just being in your body. So it's that being really present in the moment that you're in, appreciating whatever emotion is coming up there, recognizing that you have fear. And you're right. It comes from not being enough. You're at the party. I'm not cool enough to be at this party. Nobody's going to talk to me. I don't want to make a fool of myself. Or I'm outside and the dog is is looking at me like I've lost my mind. The neighbors are looking at me like I lost my mind. Or something that came up for you with your daughter not long ago. I got family members and old friends calling me and going, what in the world is going on? Because your daughter's (laughs) telling us she's homeless and living in the woods. And what are you doing as a parent? So no matter what the scenario is, it's that same root of fear. So it's fear or lack. I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not a good enough person to be at this party. I'm not smart enough to stay out of the rain, those kinds of things. And so feeling into the fear, feeling into the emotion is really important. And the only way you can do that is to get 100% present in your body. And the way to get 100% present in your body is to open up those receptors, your senses. I feel rain right now. I'm getting wet right now, but it's okay. I'm going to be just fine. And then enjoy the walk with your dog and then return to the house. And then you can have humor about the whole thing. I did the same thing with the chickens. I was like, ah, I'm going to have to go out and get water and do all these things in and, and, and the rain this morning. But I did rain and it, and it was also dark. And honestly, I walked outside and it was warm, which is odd for this time of the year mm-hmm. in West Virginia mountains. And it was warm and it felt so amazing to be out there. 
just as the sun was coming up and the rain was coming down and it felt warm. And I know that it's the beginning of this storm that's wreaked havoc on the coast of Florida. And Mm -hmm. you're under a tornado watch today, in case you didn't know it, Dave. Um, Good to know. Yeah. So you've got to feel into that fear. I think that's really important. And one of the things that that you asked me at the beginning of this podcast was, how do you empower other people to not be in this space? Does that look like? It can look all different kinds of ways. One of the things that I do with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Kim Malinerick, who's a therapist and also owner of Alchemy Adventures, we do parent retreats. We do three-day retreats for parents of young adults who are struggling. And we call that empowering parents to live their own lives. And our entire theme is about that empowerment piece and how important it is as parents to be empowered in your own life, to be empowered to live the journey that you're on. Part of that is that acceptance, is that radical acceptance, Mm -hmm. up those receptors, being present in the moment that you're in, understanding where your kid is and where you are, and what does that look like going forward? And that, it's not, I make it sound like it's a quick, easy process. I have parents who have come to eight, nine, 10 of these parent retreats because they need to be reminded and they need that camaraderie and they need to go through the process again to understand how to step into that radical acceptance. Um, it, you mentioned this w- awaken your soul experience that Diane and I are doing together in a couple of weeks. And it's, that's another way that we want to do it. We want to give people the opportunity to deal with the fears that they are carrying, regardless of what the root is. Most of them are not going to know until they go through this experience. And then they're going to be able to identify the roots of what is creating that fear. And then over top of that fear, what is the emotion that they're dealing with? And we're combining science and indigenous healing to do it by using neurofeedback and shamanic healing to really help people be able to move forward in a new way. And I just, I got to say really quickly, I've had a lot of people ask me, what's the difference in shamanism and religion? The answer to that question is it's apples and oranges. Shamanism, Shamanism is not a religion. It's the oldest method of healing on our planet. And so I think it's just important for people to understand that, that this awaken your soul experience and anything that we do in the energetic realm is not religion. There is a higher power and we are bringing that higher power into the play of healing, which I think every religion does, but it's not a religion. It's a whole different thing. It's apples and oranges. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode of Exceptional Parents and Extraordinary Challenges is being brought to you by Mindfully Aware. Mindfully Aware is my company, and through Mindfully Aware, we offer services for folks who are looking for ways to find healing in their lives or looking for ways to just live a more intentional life and finding true purpose and meaning. So if you're interested in the services, you can visit our website, livingmindfullyaware.com. You can also reach out to me directly, mindfulangie at gmail.com. So that it's funny. You just came full circle around to <laughs> what kicked it this off this morning is <laughs> as I was laying dead before I got up, just thinking about what I wanted to go into, what I wanted to play with you this morning. And what I want to make, just put a, a dot on an eye of something before, and then I want to go back into the shamanism because that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And that is that that self-acceptance is even accepting the fact that you're in fear. Yes. If you think I'm going to accept myself and that'll make the fear go away, that's like going to the party and saying, I'm nervous. I don't want to be nervous. Let's relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you literally, it's the acceptance of the fact that I'm in fear and not making mm-hmm. it wrong. So yeah. I'll just bookmark that. Yeah. That's another one, but I don't want to oh just, I, I got to tell you just a really quick story about that. Cause this is really going to illustrate that whole thing. So I have a horse, those listeners who don't know that already. I have a horse named Elvis. I actually have about 20 horses right now and run a, an equine program called Saddles and Smiles. And Elvis was the beginning really of that program. We work with kids and teens, families, adults here in West Virginia. But uh, but Elvis taught me a very important lesson about fear. So he, I rescued Elvis. He was being starved to death. And I went with a friend of mine to just check in with folks who had him. And my, my plan was to say, hey, let us help you. These horses are hungry, et cetera. There were two of them. And that ended up in me and my friend actually taking those two horses that day, walking them two miles, crossing a high, narrow bridge that horses shouldn't cross. But we did. And then spending a winter not knowing if those horses were going to live or not. So she took the other horse and I took Elvis's Tennessee Walker paint and he lived. And so that spring, I didn't know a lot about him, but I put a saddle on him and rode him around the farm a little bit. And like, oh, okay. So he's trained to ride and all that. And it was a little, little high strung. So my husband and I took him and one of, and one of his horses, Skippy, to a very unfamiliar place and got on that horse. And just as I got into the saddle, we're up the road, started a pickup truck and the pickup truck backfired and Elvis began to buck and rear and spin. And I was doing my best to stay in the saddle and he hit a, he slammed against the horse trailer we have. And I came off of him and landed on my tailbone on pavement. And it was very painful. And he immediately put his nose to my head because he did not mean to hurt me. But I got on his back when something scared him. And fear caused him to have that reaction. So I actually cracked my tailbone that day. And it was six months before I could get on a horse again. And when I could get on a horse, I was scared to get on Elvis. And he was scared for me to get on. So we had fear between us. So I tried a couple of times and he wouldn't stand still. And I would get afraid. And so I got off. And so one day I went to the barn by myself and I got Skippy, the other horse, who everybody claims was a cantankerous old horse, which he is, but I love him. So I got on and I walked in and my whole life, I grew up on a farm here in West Virginia. And I always heard, don't let the animal know you're afraid. Hide your fear. I was like, well, I can't hide my fear. We can't hide our fear, which goes to your point just a minute ago, Dave. So I walked in the barn. I looked at Skippy and I said, Skippy, I am scared to death to get on you. And I can't get on Elvis right now, but I need to work through this. So I'm going to saddle you up and I just need you to take care of me. And I literally Mm. stood there and I felt the fear leave me and go to him. And he stood still. I got on him. I rode around the barnyard. He was perfectly calm. It was only five minutes, but it was enough for me to realize that surrendering, there's that word, surrendering Mm -hmm. to that feeling was how I was able to overcome it. That I had to let, I had to let be. No, you can't hide your fear. And no, you can't say, oh, the fear is just going to go away. Or I'm going to pretend like I don't have it. You've got to feel into it. You've got to be in. And it doesn't make it go away. I was still scared. And then not long after that, my husband and I went for a ride. And he rode Elvis and I rode Skippy. Something just fell outside my house. He rode Elvis and I rode Skippy. And when we got into Dolly Sods, which David knows where that is. And that's quite a wilderness area. And I didn't have a choice. He got off of my horse and said, get on your horse. And I was petrified. Mm -hmm. But because I had surrendered to the fear, I was able to get on that horse and ride. And we've been fine ever since. And that's been 17 years ago. (laughs) So I learned that lesson in a very tactile way. (laughs) 
So I want this goes really goes into what I want to talk. It goes into the power piece because I was thinking that when I was practicing law in in your state there in West Virginia, yeah, and I'm have this deep spiritual crazy. I'm like really radical spiritual search I'm on. Yeah, and meanwhile people are coming to me. They're trusting their freedom, their fortunes, their yeah. families to me. And the last thing I want to do is let them scare me, scare them. Like, oh my God, who knows what you see in yeah. the backyard cutting open chickens and looking at their guts to decide whether to go to trial or settle the case. <laughs> so I, I didn't have the courage, whatever you want to call it, to just be who I was. I felt that I needed to hide the fact that I had the power. And then the more I found it, the more that I stopped hide, hiding it, it didn't mean I got up there and put a TV commercial on, come see the spiritual wars, but it just means I, I just stopped being afraid of it. That I was already getting intuitions, already mm-hmm. getting higher powers. I was already getting, I could perform magic in a courtroom, but as mm-hmm. long as I denied that I had these powers because I was afraid to show them for fear people would think I was nuts or would hurt my business. Yeah. And it wasn't until more and more I owned into the power that I have. Yeah. That the power started. And this isn't, this ties into a couple of things. And I'll set this, I'll tee this up for you. And one of them is that as parents, we think I need to become more powerful. Yeah. One of my experience with everything, it's just the power's there. It's hidden under the fear. It's hidden under the self-doubt. It's hidden under mm-hmm. the fact you don't think you're good enough. It's all that kind of stuff, which is, again, why this program with Diane is so liberating, because it's not like we're going to walk you step by step and we're going to power you up. The computer. Yeah. We're going to strip away this junk that's yeah. getting in the way. So I think it's one to realize that for all of our listeners is that there's so much power that you already have just buried under this fear. So it's not like you need to get something you don't already have. And then as it related to you, and I was just admiring you from a distance this morning, is you're not afraid to shout it out to say, hey, Michelle, the courage that you have to say that. And yeah, you want you don't want people to think that you're back there cutting open the chickens and decide <laughs> what to do with their kids, right? right. So no, there, there's a certain amount. You want to be discreet and you want to be descriptive. Both of mm-hmm. those things in terms and so people can know what it is that you're doing. But you have you are just unabashed with the fact that you're a very powerful person and, and great powers are moving through you, whether you want to claim them or just claim to be a vessel for it or a vehicle yeah. for it. Yeah. And I just want you I think it's just great that you own it. And I think in this way also you are modeling. We can't ask others to reclaim their power, even if it makes other people uncomfortable and makes themselves uncomfortable, unless we're willing to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. As a parent, for I will tell you that it, it took me a little while to feel comfortable saying I'm a practicing shaman. That took me a little while to feel that for a lot of things. And some of it was fear. Like, what, how are people going to judge me? Because people don't understand that word or what it means. And so I, it took me a little while to work through that, but I did. And it is a very important part of what I do. I'm also a teacher. I'm a coach. I'm a lot of things, but everything I do is really based in that intuitive knowing that you're talking about. and. It's funny. It's I've had it my whole life. You've had it your whole life. Most people, everybody has intuition. Not everybody's open to it. Mm-hmm. What you said about clearing away the gunk to allow that information to come through is true. And it's, there is a process to it and can, there, there are all kinds of ways to do it. But when you need some assistance to find the gunk, which another way to say that is limiting beliefs or those things mm-hmm. that have happened in your life that have created limiting beliefs. And you need to release those or let those go, whether it's been a significant trauma in your childhood or your adult life or just a belief system that's been passed down through your family. Get out of the rain. It is There's a way to release that. There's a, a way to step out of 
that limiting belief process. And shamanism is a way to do that. And that can apply in every area of your life. It can help you be emotionally stronger, which is what we're talking about with parents. How do you find that love? How do you understand that love and power are coming from the same source? And shamanism and the neurofeedback process of this Awaken Your Soul experience is one way to do that in a pretty intensive way. It's It can take a period of time to kind of work through these things. But when you do something like this Awaken Your Soul experience, it's going to happen quicker. You're right. going to have those doors open faster and shift quicker than you, you would without that kind of an experience. But when uh, I want to get back just a little bit to talking about power and love with parents, understanding that your power. I want to make one, one quick point because I do want to, and that is that, you know, this every now and then I play the 70 year old card. Okay. I'm old. So I'm I'm wise. (laughs) Listen to me, but I'm going to play the 70 year old card. I'm going to be shameless about it. Okay. But then I want to go back to the power. Don't lose the power and love, but I want to put it again, finer point on something that, that you were saying. We're all try. We all try to finesse our power, our individuality. We try mm-hmm. to. Oh, I want to. I, I don't want people to see it, but I want to be able to do it. So we're constantly hiding this under it because we are. We're trying. To, and I just watched over the course of my lifetime the people that try to. You've tried to finesse. We every all our parents. We've tried to finesse this. Right. Finessing doesn't work. No. What we're, And so when you have a radical, an opportunity for radical acceptance, mm-hmm. radical transformation, radical empowerment. If you just come to the point where you think, oh my God, I've tried to finesse this long enough. Maybe it's time for me to actually step in to these mm-hmm. incredible powers that are the reason that the universe chose me to be my daughter or my son's parent. Yeah, Maybe something beautiful can happen. Yeah. And that's, oh that's, yeah. That's I got so excited last week talking to you guys. I thought, oh my God, people's lives can just change in a minute. Yeah. So I had to get that in before I forgot it because I almost forgot it already. <laughs> now back to you on power and love. Yeah, I, that's. I think it's a really good point, and it's all part of the same theme. I'm, I've been working with a parent who has been on a different journey. She hasn't been on the same journey you've been on with your kid being in various treatment programs and that sort of thing. And she's been doing this herself for a long time. And her daughter's almost eighteen now, and and she's been finessing. She's been finessing and managing and controlling and trying to make sure everything's okay for her family, her other kids. Uh, her family in general. And it's uh, it's now she's now at that place where radical acceptance is really the only option that she has because there's no other finessing to be done, if that makes sense. Her daughter's at that point where she can't push her in the car and make her go do something. She can't force her to go to treatment. She can't force her to go to therapy. She can't force her to admit that there's a problem. She can't force anything. Nor can she continue to allow the challenge in the household to mm-hmm. be there. And so it's radical acceptance. She's at that place of radical acceptance. And she has incredible love for her daughter, incredible love for her entire family, incredible love for the planet. She's a very special human. And she's also really struggling because that place of power and love is intersecting for her and recognizing and radically accepting that she's powerless in this situation, Mm. that the only power she does have is her love for her kid. And I think that's a really important thing that a lot of parents that I work with have to come to that intersection of loving your child is often the only option that you have. You can't do physically an action, anything else. You can only love them. And we've talked about that unconditional parental love and how parental support is not unconditional. And if your kid, your adult kid is doing something that you know is not in their best interest, you don't have to support that, but you still send them your love. 
And if they don't want to talk to you right now, you send them their love through the universe. You still hold them in that place of unconditional love and regard and acceptance for who they are and where they are, knowing that they have some challenges and some hard things to go through Mm -hmm. and that you cannot change it for them. There is only that radical acceptance. And so for me, that's exactly where power and love intersect. Mm. Because, And not only do they intersect, I, I'm in my mind, I'm seeing one of those four corner dirt road right. intersections yeah. somewhere in Kansas where there's nothing else around and a huge crash in the middle. But that's not really what happens. What really happens is they just meld into one another. When you have that radical acceptance, they become one. Power and mm. love become one. And I've seen that happen for you, Dave. It's when you, cause, and it's not like you're there all the time. You know, you're, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be there all the time. And when something happens and you get pulled out of it a little bit, but then you recognize it and you're able to step back into it, that's when you're in flow. And we could talk about flow for a long time, but right. that's when you're in flow as a parent because you're present in your life, you're present in your kid's life. You have unconditional love and regard and you have radical acceptance. And that puts you in that place of flow where you can then be empowered as a parent. So, you know, our parent retreat, which is coming up next weekend, is 100% about helping parents get to that place of flow as a parent, where everything is working, Mm -hmm. where everything feels good, where everything is okay, even though nothing's okay. It's it's that melding together of power and love. And And the love, it's... The love is, let's see how I can do this without getting crazy. <laughs> crazier than I am. The love doesn't have to be reciprocated in the moment by your child. No. And this, no. so we think the love is the, a moment of connection. It's, it is a moment of connection. Mm-hmm. But we think it's going to look a certain way when really it's your loving them irrespective of whether or not you get the feedback. And I know this it's, is yeah. easier said than done. <laughs> and I had this. So much. I, I for some people, it might be doing the first time. I've had to modulate my connection with my daughter to mm-hmm. be able to set the proper boundaries and also to have the relationship that the situation that I want to have that's mm-hmm. called for the moment. And so I hadn't talked to my daughter, had been out on making a mess for a number of months. And I finally had my first Zoom call with her. I chose Zoom. I mm-hmm. actually chose an environment where I would be in control and where, and boundaries would be set as insane as it is to zoom with your kid when you could just go see them but that's <laughs> what we call for but anyway we had this call and she was very respectful and honored the boundaries and then at the end she said dad can i ask a question i said sure she goes why is it that when all this was going on you chose not to talk to me you chose mm-hmm. not to be with me you choose not to connect with me and my life so she doesn't get it so it's for me i would want to come oh dad i understand it or even just be quiet instead of getting so, but I, but my love for her, my love knowing that what I was doing didn't need to be reciprocated or noticed in that moment. So again, when we're talking about love, we're not necessarily talking about getting the feedback that we want out of love. It's our own loving is the end of the experience. Yes. Yes. Our loving is the end of the experience and everything that comes after that is a new moment of love or a bonus if you want to look upon it that way. And that is, that that's really power. It's the power that love is. It doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need to pat on the head a gold star and a- Way to you know, go, dad. Yeah. yeah and that, we don't get attaboys. No. Can I ask you how you answered that question when she asked you that? Or did you answer it? I that's... don't know what I, I don't remember. I honestly, I like to go, I could manufacture a great answer. Everyone said, <laughs> oh my God, that guy's something else. I know that whatever I responded to, whatever I responded to her, I was firm, not in the sense of mean firm, but I was mm-hmm. steady. I was yeah. stable and expressed my love for her, irrespective of how it was going in the moment. 
and that this is i don't i wish i could i'm sorry i'm up gloving but i honestly don't remember i just know in that moment my heart hurt for a second but i felt strong yeah i felt empowered i knew i was doing the right thing and whatever i said was in the context of what was happening in that moment and she said yeah. i understand yeah and we had a second call yesterday which was more open there was more freedom more openness mm-hmm. like empowered to talk more and then she wants to know what the next thing is going to be mm-hmm. she wants yeah she, and i don't blame what are you gonna do? yeah, yeah. What, can we go this data we go back to this restaurant and stuff and I don't know. And here's the other thing about the power. The power is in not knowing. We think the power is in the control. Yeah. Okay, I got it all together. I don't know what I'm going to... I would love to be able to say, Abby, yes, I'll call you in a week or we'll get together this week. Yeah. I honestly don't know in the next moment what is going to be appropriate. And that the only way we want to try to get to that point, we're in the present and we're not controlling, we're not squeezing the life out of things by trying to control them. But the only way I can do that is literally through the love. I can I can't force myself to that point. I can only love her and love myself to the point that I'm willing to trust that whatever comes up will be there and not knowing what the hell it's going to look like. Yeah, but boy, is that an important point. The power is in the not knowing and being talk, okay talk with a that. More, talk a little bit more about that and maybe even from a shamanistic perspective. It's it is the it's the radical acceptance. And in, in shamanism, the science behind shamanism is epigenetics. And Bruce Lipton has written a great book. He's a whole series of things. You can look that up. But a lot of it, it's the short version is it's about the environment that your cells are in and how that triggers your cells or doesn't to activate. And what cell is it? So that, there's the science behind shamanism. And so radical acceptance, you're giving your cells, you're giving the, your cells the environment of love and power. So when you're in that, instead of fighting against it or allowing the, you said for just a second, your heart hurt when she asked that question, instead of allowing that to be the controlling emotion, the controlling environment that you put yourselves in, you chose to move into unconditional love and loving your daughter, giving her the answer that was an okay answer. You didn't give her what she wanted to hear and you didn't try to convince her of anything. Mm -hmm. Gave an answer that fit into the conversation in the moments you were in. And so what you did shamanically is you allowed your body and your emotions to continue to heal and healing is what you're doing as a father. That's what, that's the journey you've been on for a while now is healing as a father. And Mm -hmm. as you heal, your daughter is going to heal more and more because that's just energetically what's going to happen. The more you do for you, the more you do for her. And that's part of being empowered as a parent. That's part of my message in all the parent work that I do Mm -hmm. is empowering you as a parent from a shamanic perspective. You gave her also that very loving, powerful environment where she can choose into her emotions and you didn't try to control her emotions or her choices or and just because of the work you've done and because of your intuition that you now embrace and utilize, you understand where she's coming from. You see it from that higher perspective. And I had the pleasure of working with you when you were in the weeds with her, having that higher perspective and not understanding that you can step out of that and see that from a different perspective. And now you do. And so that that is a very powerful place to be as a parent and as a human. And energetically, it also allows your healing, physical, mental, emotional, and gives her the space to do the same because she also is in that journey. I want to 
take this back to some of the stuff we talked a couple weeks ago about the challenge that we men have when we're in this whole love realm, that love arena where, (laughs) no, please. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. There's their tornado warning you're talking about. Okay. There we are. (laughs) Okay. So you can see we're not making this stuff up. The, okay. Back to the dads who would rather do tornadoes than love. So it gets back to feeling that we're going to be weak. Mm-hmm. That if we get into this world, we're going to be weak. Mm-hmm. And I've had the, it's unbelievable. This is just in the, literally in the last seven days. I mentioned last week that I was up working with a bunch of, with a group of Navy SEALs. And last night I met with a former NFL quarterback who talk about how life works. We bought it. We, we just ad, answered an ad to get a leaf blower on Facebook Marketplace. I go meet this guy. I said, boy, anyway, so back, I'll go back. So Keith doesn't have to do this that I, that I had. So in terms of, of strong men, successful men, I've had the, I had the pleasure of interacting with, with some SEALs last Friday. And then last night I met with an NFL quarterback, former NFL quarterback, who I happened to meet, just talk about serendipitous, my Stepson was looking for a leaf blower. Yeah, I wanted a good price. We went and got it. I said, oh, my God, you look, you're, what kind of athlete are you? I said, and he told me. And, and then we talked. He's very humble. And he mentioned he was an NFL quarterback. So I'm working with these guys who are, if you can get super, I don't know how much more at the top of the food chain you can get mm-hmm. to these guys. And so my a year ago, I, I would have been intimidated by both mm-hmm. these groups. I would have hear it worshipped. <laughs> and, and I didn't feel that way. I just felt they're guys. And I didn't feel I had to be tough. And if I had to be strong, and I was sitting the, at the end of our time together with the SEALs, there were two of them sitting there and I was just talking to them and they were, and this sounds like, this, the story sounds a little bit immodest, but I have to tell the story. And they were just like amazed that I was able to see these things about them and talk these ways and blah, blah, blah. And one of the guys said, how do you do this? He said, where'd you learn how to do this? You know what? And I just said, I'm going to tell you guys, it's just because I love so much. And they didn't, they just said, oh yeah, there's something about that in the Bible, isn't there? And meeting last night with this beautiful man who just happens to be a former NFL quarterback. It was the love that they relate to. To think that you need to be this strong man to be a strong, you have to have the image of a strong man to have power or that men are going to think you're some kind of a wimp. There is such ease and incredible power in that. And the reason that I could relate to these guys is because they're loving men too. And they're not afraid of their love. Those guys, they, I don't know what it is. They, I didn't get any bravado. There wasn't any kind, these guys just talking about their families, their kids, their mm-hmm. lives, they're this, with each other. They weren't, there was no, I just, no, I didn't get any posturing. I thought, what the hell? You can't get three guys in a locker room changing out of their gym clothes that aren't posturing. <laughs> yeah. And here's a bunch of guys, they don't, because they're just so secure in themselves. They're secure in the fact that their hearts, they're not afraid of their hearts. They're not ashamed of their hearts. Yeah. I'm not afraid to feel. Yeah. And damn, we don't have to go and be the king. The, we don't have to have that kind of love to be able to do that. So I can just tell you from my own experience, it works. It's open. And as we learn as father, as parents, but particularly us as fathers, to be able to come from this point of love not, and not, yeah, the way, I got to watch that my daughter doesn't take these moments of love and turn them into some, manipulate me into something. Hell yeah. Yeah. I got to yeah, have that radar. That's boundary. Yeah. Yeah. So you go ahead. I'll throw that over to you. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries are really super important. We talk about them all the time on this podcast and boundaries are incredibly important. And you have a good boundary with your daughter. And the story you told about the Zoom, I think really indicates that 
that good boundary that you have. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to recognize where the boundary is, what's the good boundary, and how do you manage that and hold that in a relationship with somebody when it's challenging? Doesn't matter who it is. Kids, especially challenging, but it's true for everybody. And so that that I just can't, I can't say how important it is to hold boundaries, to, to know how to set the boundaries, recognize them, hold them and know when they're broken. That's a really important part of this whole process. And I would add, yeah, I want to, I want to be, before, again, before I forget, because my mind's all over the place today, is that as guys, we're afraid, and I'm, I'm sure everyone feels this, but I know this, <laughs> is it's like the next mistake we make is going to be our lap. It's going to, the whole world's going to fall over. Yeah. And I, and that's one of the reasons the work we're doing up with the veterans is because they're so trained that way. Mm-hmm. want to be able to see life differently that yes, mm-hmm. over there, a mistake might need 20 of your best friends get killed yeah. over here. I mean, a damn thing. That's we, a hard so shift to make. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I'm so thrilled to be able to, I'm so thrilled yeah. to be a part of being able to help make that yeah. happen. Whatever that, and we'll keep everyone posted as this thing goes and honoring again, the privacy of everyone. But anyway, but so we, as men, when we go through this process of, I, I had a spiritual teacher, I think I might have told you this, who said that most men, when they think they're being strong or just being arrogant, and when they think they're being vulnerable, they're just being weak. He goes, we want to be strong, vulnerable men. So as we, we make this transition to, to strength through vulnerability, this is this is like we go from a wartime economy to a peacetime economy. We're yeah. not making tanks anymore, we're making Studebakers again, right? Yes. Yeah. And when yeah. you're in that point of, of transition... You're gonna make things are it's not it's gonna be dirty, right. it's gonna be messy, it's gonna be murky. So you're gonna find yourself, I'm gonna find myself at times when I'm overwhelmed with love and I'm gonna crack a boundary. So what? It's just don't be afraid to be you're gonna you're gonna go too far left and too far. There's no way you can not go too far left and too far right as you find the middle. I just want to empower to use that word, all of us, but especially the men in this moment, that you can don't worry, oh, I'm gonna become a softie, I'm gonna get taken advantage of. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> so what? It's okay. How many thousands of... T- okay. Anyway, yeah. I cut you off and you were onto something before I yeah. threw that point. I, just, I think that's a really important point for everybody. It's, and I would contend that people who are highly successful, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that there are people who find material success that maybe don't live their lives in this way that we're talking about but what's under that material success. So I would contend that the most successful people in the world have found that intersection of power and love mm-hmm. and been able to meld the two together. Because I believe that really high functioning and successful people come from the place of love. They don't come from a place of fear and lack. And when they do, they know how to deal with it. They know how to handle it. And they don't also have to come from a place of bravado because there's no there's nothing to prove. It's they're internally motivated. And I think that's a huge difference. And I just want to throw that out there because I think that's true of parents too. When -hmm. parents get to this point when where their power is coming from love and love is all that they're focusing on, then there's no need to control. There's no need to prove anything. There's no need to come from that place of fear and create something that's not real just so that other people see you as a good parent or you feel like your kid sees you as a good parent, or your kid is happy. That's a big one. A lot of parents that I work with, they want their kid to be happy no matter what. And I want the same for my kids all the time, but we live in a real world. And if you as a parent think of your life, then you know there have been times in your life where you've not been happy and that's okay. It's been part of your journey. It's been part of what's helped you arrive at where you, wherever you are now. We have to be, we have to be resilient. 
We can't learn that if we're happy all the time. Being an empowered, an empowered, loving parent includes knowing that it's okay for your kid to not be happy, knowing that it's okay for your kid to struggle, knowing that it's okay for you to struggle, knowing that these things are going to intersect and it's all going to be okay, that radical acceptance of now. That's a really important part of this journey is we have to be able to feel into the emotions. We have to be able to feel into our senses and be 100% present in our bodies and the moment that we're in and manage it from there. That's the only way we can be the empowered, loving parent in the best boundary situation with our young adult kids is that radical acceptance and that radical acceptance of now. And this is the way, and couldn't wrap up here, is the way that my my daughter has been my greatest teacher. And I've worked with some great, I've got 30 some years working with some really powerful teachers. And, but the, that acceptance, that recognizing my lack of control, my, that feeling how much the power that comes with love and not knowing, and maybe more than anything, the, the trust that I have in myself mm-hmm. is a result of this process because there's nowhere else for me to go. I have other help, but there's no other place for me to go. This translated in every part of my life. And I think, you know, a lot of this is small consolation when our kids are driving us and, or whatever, wherever they're driving us <laughs> <laughs> to think, oh my God, but the heart that everybody who's listening to this podcast, the reason they're listening and the reason they can resonate and the reason they're not saying, oh, that they're just crazy is because their hearts have been broken enough by their children that their hearts are open to every part of their lives. Mm-hmm. And that makes us us better, people better, the world better, every other way. It's just a great way to live our lives. Would I like this cup to pass from my lips? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I wish there could have been an easier way to go about it? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. we've been given a gift. Let's unwrap it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's really true. That's, that is another way to phrase the radical acceptance of where we are. Mm-hmm. I think this has been a, a very powerful conversation. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, the love and power. And I want to just a little peek behind the scenes is that, yeah, we were talking about, let's get it. I was in charge of getting it as a guest today. And I reached out to a couple of people. I thought it'd be great. Neither one could do it. And I felt myself scrambling. Okay. Who can I get? Who can I get? Because I said I was going to do it. And I don't want to, mm-hmm. I thought, wait a minute. This is nuts. I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to, there's just, anyway, it's just, there's a way of just letting go and letting that and forgetting this image that you have, whatever it is. Okay. So Angie, one more time, I want you to tell people about the program you and Diane are doing because it's coming Mm -hmm. up close and I know Mm -hmm. there's just a few slots left and I'd like people to know about it. Yeah. It's called Awaken Your Soul and it's combining the science of neurofeedback with the indigenous healing of, of shamanism and being able to peel away what people have been holding in their energetic field from traumas they've experienced in the past. And then finding that also by using neurofeedback, brain mapping and a neurofeedback process with the brain. So you're building new pathways and giving people freedom. We're really looking to empower people and move them forward in their lives, allowing them to use this intense experience to move forward in a faster way than maybe what they've been struggling with through for the past years. And we'll put information in the show notes. You can go to my website, livingmindfullyaware.com and click on Awaken Your Soul and get all the information. It's on Hilton Head. It's coming up the first week of December. We do have a few spots still available. So if you're interested, you feel called to this in some way, reach out. You can give us a call, get more information. I'm happy to talk with anybody. But but yeah, it's I think it's going to be a really great opportunity 
um, for folks who feel called. If you feel called, it's for you. That's perfect. You stole my last line. That was what I was going to say. If you, <laughs> if you feel, don't, if you feel, let's put it this way: if you feel called. Don't let your mind talk out what your heart talk you out of what your heart knows is true. Yeah. So, again, I my sincerest apologies for not having a guest. I hope you can forgive me. Oh, I think we'll I'm be just okay. laughing because <laughs> you know, that, that's that's the voice. Those are the yeah, voices that yeah. we just have in our head. Uh, yep. I'm thinking how ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Angie, great. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you. And we'll talk next week. Thanks, Dave. Canaan Valley Spa is a world-class destination in Davis, West Virginia, providing an experience of wellness and comfort to visitors. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more.